welcome to the podcast of Of Course They Make Me Crazy. It's about crazy family stories. We all have one, right? More importantly, it's for those of you living with someone who suffers with a mental illness. You can start to feel lost in their world. Now, I get it. I grew up with a bipolar mom addicted to pain pills. Hoping the stories shared here will help you through difficult days. It's not all serious. We laugh and joke, too. If you have little ones around, pop in your headphones. Adults only, please. Thanks for joining. Of course, they make me crazy. I'm April, the host. All right, so y'all know this podcast, it was created for those of you living and loving someone with an illness, whether that be mental illness, whether that be physical, caring for them can take a major toll on our own health. Let's just be straight up and serious about it. They can. So I just want to remind you, this is a space that we can talk about our struggles, our our experiences with, with no judgment and you know, hopefully by listening to this, it just gives you some kind of insight and maybe a different way to look at your life and the things you got going on. Um, and you can laugh even if it's a, inappropriate. You got to do you, right? <laughs> so, okay. Uh, so my guest today is Jolana. Hi, girly. Hey, how are you? Good, thank you. So I'm excited about her. So she's got, the reason I have her on is she's got this blog called Just Joe. Uh, so Jolan has a seven-year-old son named Caden who has autism. And her blog is about overcoming autism, the struggles of having a child with autism, and the everyday struggles of just being a mom, right? Right. And uh, she's going to talk about how she keeps her peace, maybe how she doesn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> so when you and I first started talking to each other, um, you mentioned that you're using somewhat of a controversial uh, therapy in hopes of healing Caden from his autism, curing him of it. And I want to get into that. But first, I really want to talk about, you know, what called you to do this blog. And, and before we get into it, people want to know about you. So tell us a little bit about Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. Um, so just Joe, well, also go from when the pandemic first happened. Um, obviously, we were all shut in and kind of our world got flipped upside down. And at that time, I had just had my son, Jeremiah, he was born amidst the pandemic. And um, I'm very spiritual based. And um, the Lord's been telling me to write this blog for a long time, um, due to Caden's journey and his healing that was coming. And so just Joe was kind of developed out of that to share his journey, but also to share um, my life outside of an autism mom. It's kind of like I'm in a season of trying to dive into other parts of who I am besides a special needs mom, because you get so drowned in that. Um, when you're living with someone that has a mental illness or you're taking care of someone, like you said, it is so easy to get lost in that. And let alone being a mom, you get lost, you know, you kind of lose yourself. And so just Joe was kind of birthed out of me coming into um, Jolana as all parts of myself, not just Caden's mom, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but there's a spin on it because you also get to enjoy Caden's journey as well. Oh yeah, he's so adorable, and and the videos that you that you share are so um, uh, uh, just heartwarming. And you know, he, when he gets super excited, when he can do something, you know, just like holding the chalk and being able to mm -hmm. draw straight lines, that was just yes. so 
um, he loved it. And it was like, and a lot of times I would get like, go back and forth about, you know, will somebody really appreciate or can, you know, understand what's going on behind scenes. But like I said, this was God led. And he's like, yes, show that because a lot of people think that autism looks the same for everyone. And it definitely doesn't. It's on a spectrum, you know, so there's, there's different severities. You know, you have some kids that have autism that can hold a conversation. Yeah. And then you have some kids like Caden who have to have a lot, you know, done for them. So them being able to make a straight line, showing that footage, showing that content just shows how autism can affect someone mentally, spiritually, and physically, you know? Oh, absolutely. And it's just so precious to see and, you know, kind of um, takes you back in a way when you see it to be like, look at that simple gesture, that simple thing that he was able to do brought him so much happiness. Mm -hmm. And it's like, hello, reality check people like we need really, yeah, Mm -hmm. just to look at the little things. Sometimes just me watching that video was just, uh, you know, it just brings joy, uh, knowing that somebody else has joy. You know, when we're going through our days and dealing with, you know, all the COVID um, crisis stuff, and it's just a good reminder that enjoy the little things in life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> maybe think, when um, I pick up a piece of chalk, they'll think of Caden next time now yeah, because we're talking and- about this. I think just kids like Caden, not just kids with autism, you know, mental health or any special needs, it just makes you look at the world differently in a, in a lighter light, essentially, because, you know, we can get so weighed down by the problems of the world, or our own personal circumstances. And then you look at someone like Caden who can't do much for themselves, but get so excited about accomplishing, putting a little mark on a board and knowing that I did my task, you know, and it's like, yeah. man me worrying about that job or worrying about that bill really isn't so much needed. You know, if you can be present and be in the moment and with Kaden, you definitely have to be in the moment. And he has had to, in order to be his mom, I've had to go through so many changes mentally, emotionally, spiritually to be present in those moments. So he has changed me a lot. It has definitely been a journey. So for those of us, uh, or the, um, for those listening to us that, um, you know, haven't seen the videos of Caden and things of that sort, uh, describe him a little bit in, in his challenges. I know uh, you say in your blog, he was diagnosed with uh, autism at three, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the norm I was reading and in, in, mm-hmm. in regards to the age where, you, where parents start to see um, you know, changes or start to wonder about it. And so explain to everyone what Spectrum Caden is on. Okay, so um, when you're in terms of talking about the Spectrum, the DSM, which is the Diagnostic Statistical um, Manual, they used to diagnose autism with Asperger's also being like the higher function of autism, but they took all that out now. So the best way to kind of explain it is that autism is kind of like a spectrum. There's a lower end and there's a higher end. Asperger refers to those kids who are kind of higher functioning. They may be able to talk. They can probably do a lot of things for themselves, but the social piece is really highlighted. Um, For children who are on the lower spectrum, such as Caden, he has um, difficulty with communication. He has difficulty with engaging with others and reciprocating those social relationship skills. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a hard time requesting his request. Um, if he's hungry, he will take our hand to what he needs versus verbally being able to um, say what he wants. 
Um, he is also affected with sensory um, processing disorder. So for example, if we were to write a letter that takes eye-hand coordination, that takes fine motor skills, that takes attention, knowing how much pressure to press a pen to a piece of paper, all that is very difficult for him. So he has very um, low muscle tone. So it's difficult for him to even grasp a pen correctly. It just feels fumbly to him in his hands. So it's just, you know, it affects him in all areas. Um, even potty training, you know, that's coming. It's coming, praise the Lord, it's coming, but it looks different. Um, he's had to learn to connect. Oh, I have to use the bathroom with the steps of got to go in the bathroom, cut the light on, pull my pants down, get on the pot. Like it's very broken down where for us, we just, we got to use the bathroom. We go and do what we got to do. Yeah. Um, I miss that. Um, he's had a lot of hearing problems. So that was a question if that was tied to his um, language delay. Mm -hmm. um, other parts of autism, which is what everybody talks about, the meltdowns. Yeah. And pretty much the way to explain that is it's when their brain is overstimulated. So for example, when he was younger, we couldn't go to grandma's house, to Walmart, and then maybe to Target. It's too much going on, too much transition. It's like, whoa, overload. You yeah. think we could go into a grocery store, and I really want people to understand this because it really sheds light on how we take the easy things for granted. So for example, if we were going to grocery store, it's bright. It's loud. You can pick up on the registers, the dinging. Somebody may run a cart somewhere. You know, the smell of their mopping a floor. Yeah. All of that is overwhelming for someone who has autism and has sensory issues. It's too bright. That chime noise from the cash register, how we can just kind of block that out and fade it out. That's very loud to them. Like they don't have those filters to kind of... Um, turn stimulation on and off. You know what I mean? It uh -huh. just comes at them all at once. So their brain gets overwhelmed and then they have a meltdown. When some people may see a child with meltdown, they may think, oh, that child's really bad. They need to be popped. Really, they're overstimulated. And if they can't communicate, they don't know how to outlet their frustrations, right? right. Um, so they have meltdowns. And a lot of times when a child has a meltdown, you have to just let them have it until they're able to calm down. Of course, there's different techniques that parents can use or whatever works for their child, but it's a planned out process. And it's a lot, it takes a lot of energy. And so as a mom, when you're in those situations, it's like you're constantly trying to identify every trigger and try to control the environment as much as possible. So they don't have a meltdown, but it's like, man, you know, with autism in itself, they have a hard time with change. They love routine. They love things to be, this is what's going to happen. And this is the order. Yeah. And life doesn't happen like that. Yeah. So they're constantly in an uproar, you know? Yeah. So um, that's just a little snippet of day to day with someone like Kaden. Now, not all kids are like that. You know, there's a famous saying in the autism community. If you've met one child with autism, you've met one child. You know, it looks different for um, every child, but that's Kaden's story. Yeah, he's, and mm -hmm. you know, I, I, you know, you, you mentioned those meltdowns were, were quite hard for you uh, because at, at one point you were a single mom. Now you're married yes. with this with another little boy, but yes. there was a time it was just you and Caden, right? Oh my God, yes. And that must have been a doozy. Um, um, to be honest, that is where my prayer life changed. 
Yeah. Um, it got to a point where I was like, Lord, if you don't send me some help and this little boy that has these behaviors that are overpowering me, because that when he was younger, he was a little bit more aggressive, the biting, the hitting, the kicking. Um, I was like, I can't imagine him 11 and 15 years old doing this. And I'm still a single mom, like something's going to have to happen. I would never, as you know, with my clinical background and being an advocate, I would never want to be in the position to think about putting my child in a group home. But with the way his behaviors were, I couldn't help but think, is that his future? And I'm like, that can't be, you know, absolutely not. So that's when my prayer began to change because I was like, I needed some help. Um, but it's very difficult. And in my journey, I've been able to help other single moms, regardless of their beliefs, um, been able to help other single moms kind of find that support because it's important to have a natural support or to join um, a parent support group with parents that understand what you're going through. Yeah. And so you started your blog. Was your was your blog based out of that? And then and then when you were doing or when you are in those support groups, Joanna, are they like, do they continue? Are they a continuous? What am I trying to say? Um, are they like, do they, do they uh, actually go and do they, you know, do y'all talk and are you really a supportive community? I mean, you know, I, I can't believe I can't think of the word, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, do they actually, do you guys communicate with each other? Yeah. Um, I think overall, yes. Um, in the area that I'm in, I'm in a small little town and it's so funny that you asked me that question because I've been the autism, um, chapter leader for this area for like the past year. And even outside of COVID, it's just been so hard to get parents together. And I'm like, I know what it's like to have a child with autism. I'm about to pull my hair out. Like, I know I'm not the only one. Yeah. No, I couldn't get anybody to get together. And so I began to kind of research and ask why. And a lot of it is they don't have anybody to watch their kids or yeah. they ha their child has a meltdown. They can't get out the door or nobody else knows how to take care of their child like they do, especially if a child has medication, has a certain routine that only the mom or certain people know. You can't leave the child with just anybody because then it throws the whole night or routine yeah. off. Effect. And I'm like, I think in that moment, I had a surreal moment. I'm like, this thing is deeper. Like, you know, a lot of people need the support, but they're not able to get away. Mm -hmm. And so even with COVID happening, um, there's been a lot more virtual support that has been like the going thing with Zoom and different platforms that have been available. I think it's allowed parents to get together more to be able to talk and give yeah. that support. But honestly, I can't say this for every support group because this isn't true for every support group, but I think a core problem with support groups amongst the autism community is I think people are really afraid to talk about how bad autism can really be. Um, yeah. And people have a hard time being transparent about that. Um, and, you know, once you have a child that's been diagnosed, parents go through a grieving process, especially if it's a kid that looks like Hayden, because it's like, is he ever going to get over this? Am I always yeah. going to have to take care of him? You know, they go through a grieving process. I know I do every birthday. I'm like, oh, he's another year old and doesn't look like we've gotten anywhere, you know? So yeah. being very transparent about those moments, some parents can talk about them. And I found that some parents, it's just the emotional baggage that comes with it is just too much especially if they have their own mental health right yeah um, so it's just a lot of barriers and it's very very complex 
Yeah, I bet. You know, not everybody likes to talk. You know, if, if, if people have listened to my podcast, like my, my father talking about my mother when she was going through her major bipolar episodes, he's very quiet about things. You know, I would always mm -hmm. say, please go to, you know, some kind of group. And here I am, I'm just talking away about it all because <laughs> if I'm not talking, it's stuck in me. Absolutely. It is stuck in me. I would say too, that's how Just Joe kind of was birthed too, because my way of dealing is writing. Yeah. And I went through a season where I wasn't writing at all. And it was like, oh my God, I need a release. And so writing was my way of just getting it all out. And I'm a talkative person in general, but like you said, everybody kind of copes and deals with things differently. Mm -hmm. um, like Caden's dad, for instance, he loves to talk to, but when it's centered around um, some of Caden's issues, he's quieter, which most men are, you know? Right. Um, so everybody just has their own way of dealing with it. But for me, definitely it's writing and talking about it. Cause I feel like it sheds light and I have at least one person that's like, oh my God, me too. Right. And I don't yeah. feel so crazy. <laughs> right. Right. Like, I know I'm not the only one, you know? Um, yeah if we can just get in a room and talk about it, but it's not that easy for everyone. No, it's not. And, and I think it's too, it's hard to find somebody that you're comfortable talking with. Mm -hmm. uh, but God, it feels so good. You know, when just to hear somebody else say, um, you know, you love them so much, right? I mean, I know mm -hmm. you love Caden with every being in your body. And I loved my mom with every being in my body too. Um, in, well, I still do. I mean, she, well, she's since passed, but you know, and it, but there were some days I tell you <laughs> that woman, if she stepped behind my car, I'd probably second guess of hitting that pedal. <laughs> and I know that's terrible, but right. But I think people are afraid to admit that. Of course we can't stay there, but yeah. in our own human flesh, like those feelings and those moments and those thoughts are normal. Um, and I think talking about it normalizes it for, for people and it allows them to get it out, but we can't stay there. Right. <laughs> we right. have to troubleshoot and get through those emotions, but denying those feelings, it just stays inside and does more damage for yourself. Um, yeah. but releasing and finding a healthy way to release, yeah, um, even if it is saying, I really want to run this woman over <laughs> or right. I really want to stick Caden outside right now because he's so loud, um, right. knowing right. that I can't do that, but he's so loud. I mean, the, the reality of it is living with him. He, he makes noises, he's loud, he stems, um, he loves music. So there's constant noise going. And if he has a meltdown, that's more noise. And so hearing that all day, it, it, it can mess with you. Yeah, and absolutely. so me and my husband, we try to be very um, transparent about that, you know, like, like the noise is getting on your nerves, isn't it? And he's like, it is. And I'm like, it's okay to admit that it is, you know, you know, what can we do about it? We can put headphones on or we can ask Caden to go ahead and go to bed or we can cut the, we cut the toys off at a certain time at night yeah. so that we can get peace. It calms down so he can sleep. And so, you know, our brains kind of get ready to rest. Um, but the reality of it is Caden's loud, period. <laughs> right right <laughs> it's, it's, it's very difficult at times um especially in the fall time um with the biometrics and the air pressure getting off it's like he turns 180 like his behavior just changes to where he's a little bit more agitated just naturally mm -hmm. and he's getting up all hours of the night so it's like man oh. he lay down at 12 o'clock and he may be up at three ready to go he wants breakfast he wants to get dressed he wants his whole routine you know, 
So, so poor so mama. Much. Yeah, I know. And then we have a, you know a new baby. So, um, lots of prayer and just trying to stay in the moment because I definitely you get overwhelmed very quickly with any um, mental health illness, right? Like you can yeah. so easily get get lost in that, just out of routine and. I found myself losing myself. I just felt at one point that I was just an advocate. I was just someone that only knew Caden's schedule and I had to be the one to do everything. And that crippled me. But then I really saw, especially when the pandemic happened, how it was crippling him because I was doing everything for him. Oh, yeah. Just out of routine. Just doing everything as simple as pulling up his pants when even though it's going to take an extra 10 seconds for him to do it, but he can do it. I just be in the moment and let him do it you know um just little things like that and I'm like okay I noticed things that I need to step aside because he can do it for himself let him be independent where he can be independent oh that that's good that you came to that understanding during this crazy time Mm -hmm. um because it's going to benefit both of you obviously yeah that's that's awesome um so when you let's go back to your blog. So you, when you were praying a lot, you were journaling. Um, and, and I think, you know, as you said, you can't stay in that space. And honestly, if you know, for you out there listening, you should journal, you should, you know, do something to get it out of your body. If you can't talk to someone. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, they always, what is it? The, the, um, saying is, I don't know what it's called, but it's like, just that fast writing where you don't even think you just grab a book and you just write, 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 and don't even think about it. Just even if you have to write your name and then, you know, I'm very spiritual too. your guides will start talking to you or guardian angels or, you Mm. know, stuff will start to come out that might surprise you uh, Mm. on the paper. And then it might not, and it might just feel good just to get it out and crumple it up if you have to and throw it away because you, you know, um, but so I love that you started this blog and this podcast, or I mean, um, you're on Instagram and things of that sort trying to, well, and then you're on this podcast, but <laughs> you know, hel- helping others cope. So, all right. So you journaled and you, you're, you know, an advocate for them and you're part of a support group. Um, and that's a lot. So that's more than anybody else. Uh, so pat yourself on the back. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> <Thank you. laughs> so let's talk about your blog. I know you just kind of started out. So mm-hmm. um, and it, it, you're going to highlight Caden's um, development and things of that sort. And you're also talking about things that you're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, you locked yourself in the laundry room the other day and <laughs> just mm-hmm. for peace. It. Uh, (laughs) um, is there anything in particular that you tell you know people in your support group or your network something else to do or did we is is that a good start for them as far as um that release finding a way to release Mm -hmm. um outside of finding their own personal way whether that be writing exercising meditating um finding that natural support um, I think for me and all the parents that I work with and deal with, you have to have some sort of higher power. I believe you have to have something that you can pull on 
when you're in those moments where I don't think I can do another day of this, um, whatever that looks like for you, I do not believe that we are successful in trying to solve something in our, in our own flesh, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. You've got to be pulling on something else outside of you that can guide you and lead you. And I think speaking that more kind of clicks that light on for some people because it's like, you're right. Um, And then to finding out the purpose of why you're on this journey with your child. You know what I mean? Um, People have different beliefs. Some people believe that their kids will be able to outgrow it. Some people believe it's a gift from, you know, their God or whatever, but what is your purpose as being their parent and advocate and how you're going to help them be the best version of themselves? Um, So to speak, figuring out that piece. And I think that along with that, your remedies for dealing with the hard times will come out depending on your beliefs. So I think that people have to know who their higher God is and know um, who they're pulling on during tough times, because just depending on yourself, I believe gets us in this dark cycle that I've been in so many times. And I've had to kind of re-identify what this journey is. And for me, you know, everybody doesn't have, um, the same beliefs and the same journey, but I will say this, um, as a therapist, as a parent, as a believer, all these different, um, services I come in contact with all these different professionals, even my coworkers, they give me all these different nuggets, all these great ideas, you know, even his therapist do this, do that. And you can get so lost on this journey in autism because the journey alone is very complex. And then you get in the services and try to get on waiting lists for services and trying to figure mm-hmm. out that whole path, you can just be like, give up, you know? Yeah. And I think as a parent newly on this journey, if you just had a child that was diagnosed or maybe a parent who's been dealing with this for a long time. I think you have to start with knowing what works best for your child because you truly are your child's best advocate and you know the best for your child. So if you can always operate from that place, anytime somebody gives you advice or gives you nuggets or tells you to try this or that, you're always able to tweak it to work for your child, right? Or, you know, immediately, "Mm, that's not going to work for him because he doesn't like X, Y, and Z. Or, ooh, I can try this like this and maybe do it this way because he or she, you know, enjoys doing da-da-da-da-da. I think being able to tweak things um, according to the needs of our child is kind of where we can find peace too, knowing that I can take all this information and apply it best for my child and not so much feel like I got to follow exactly what they said, you know, black and white, or it's not going to work. Well, they're just giving you advice and experience based off their knowledge for what they went through. Right. Yeah. So just learning to take nuggets. And I think um, that was another reason for my blog too, was so that parents not can so much do it my way, but just have a different perspective and say, Ooh, that's a good idea. I can try that. Or I saw that she used this tool with Caden. Let me try that with, you know, my son um, or child or son, you know, daughter, whatever the case may be. Um, I think that is the most important part. And I think where parents get robbed is they're not able to get together and have those support groups and kind of pin pack, you know, off of each other. Like, oh, that's a good idea. Or that's a good idea. Let me try that. Um, I think that's been the best help for me because I haven't always had that kind of support. Um, I was very quiet about my journey for the first three years of Caden's diagnosis. And I was just like, I've got to either tell a story or find people who are dealing with what I'm dealing with. And 
um, through that, I've been able to kind of get different ideas on how to do things. Um, so yeah. Well, and that's how you, is that how you came up with that? What is it called? Sh uh, shalation? Is that the correct pronunciation oh. for that? Elation. Elation. Okay. Elation. Elation. Um, so mm -hmm. tell me about that. That is what, you know, when you were doing your, your prayers and things of that sort, that kind of, you came across that. And so explain what that is to, to people that are in the autism world. Okay. So I am also, I don't want to sound like I'm an expert because I'm not, I am yeah. new to chelation as well. Um, but I will tell the story of how chelation found me because I did not find chelation. Okay. So, um, for five years now, I've been repeatedly praying to God, asking him to heal Caden, whatever that may look like his way. Um, and I didn't know, I knew Caden was going to be healed. I didn't know how. I didn't know if it was going to be through a treatment. I didn't know if it was going to be divinely because God is miraculous like that. If he wanted to, Caden can wake up and start talking. Yeah. Um, I just kept praying, even when it didn't look like it. Because if you look at Caden, somebody who may not, you know, know my beliefs they're like this woman is crazy which they've told me I've had people tell me that all the time you're crazy you need to go and read a little bit more about autism if you think your son's going to be healed uh, somebody literally messaged me that um <laughs> well I but, know I know it's it's controversial you know yes, and it is it, it's, um it, what was it the uh defeat autism now I think started that a while back and then they stopped because there were some um reasons or you know that right um, so if you, not if you Google chelation, um, it will say that it's a non-traditional treatment. Um, and the reason why it's so controversial is because in the past, when they did this treatment, some kids have been damaged, like kidney, liver failure, heart failure, just different um, things have happened to their organs. And so it's given it a bad rep. I did not know any of this when we first found out about chelation. Literally, like I told you, my husband owns a computer shop here in town and some of his clients walked in and said, hey, I really think you should take a look at these resources. I know your son has autism. And pretty much the resources was about a doctor who is out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And he, his son had autism and he pretty much through research and treatment healed his son from autism, but they treated him as he was vaccinated injured. Now I say that this is controversial because research and everything out there says that vaccinations are not linked to autism. That's where the controversy comes in because a lot of people still believe that they are. And there are a lot that say absolutely not. Um, even CDC, you know, they all say vaccinations are not linked to autism. Um, my belief personally, and my gut is that at a certain age, Caden began to change. Probably around nine months, Caden stopped okay. looking at me. Um, he stopped being able to hold things. He just was very disconnected. Um, and so in my gut, I've always thought maybe around the vaccinations, but because you know that's such a hot topic, I talked to his doctor about it. Everybody assured me that that just wasn't what it was. So when we got these resources, my husband said, I really think we should, you know, take a look at these resources and what they were, they were just a bunch of YouTube videos, which, you know, it's public, anybody can access it. And he was like, but I know what you're going to say. He was like, um, they're talking about vaccinations. And I was like, nope, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> he was like, why not? And I'm like, because I feel like these resources, this information is going to confirm what I've always thought all of Caden's life, right? That vaccinations is why he kind of is the way that he is. 
No doubt it did. I mean, it went into great detail. Um, and chelation was one of the treatments that was found by the doctor and how he healed a lot of children with autism. Now, I don't want people to get confused and say, oh, if your son's going through chelation, chelation is healing him. The reason why I chose to move forth with chelation is because my belief is that God is going to move through the chelation to heal Caden. Um, that is my belief. And therefore, I feel confident and solid in going through with the process. Um, some parents have looked at me with a side eye, like you're going through with this. And I'm like, absolutely, because my faith is not in the chelation. My faith is in my higher power, my God, Jesus Christ, you know? Um, so that's kind of where the controversy comes because if you look at research, there's not a whole lot of research out there that's like, ooh, chelation is a great treatment for autism. No, mm -hmm. it's gonna say it's risky and this is why. And me being naive at the time, I didn't even, when we were looking at the resources and you know I didn't even think to research it and so I had had a conversation uh with a co-worker and just by her kind of side eye and like she got really quiet and I'm like okay and then I had another conversation with another co-worker and I kind of got the same um feedback so I was like let me go look this up and so when yeah. I did it was all this negative I was like oh my god and my <laughs> husband he reassured me he said no ma'am you know remember how this was brought to us um I didn't go looking for it it found me and so because of my prayers I believe that this is where we are supposed to be and so um I'm excited I am operating more in faith versus fear but at first I was like oh my god I see why it's so controversial you know um but that's how long, how has, I, how long have y'all been doing that okay so he started in October okay. in September he went through 30 days of doing the supplements and kind of building his body and getting him ready to um, go through this process and they gave us a bunch of um, different minerals and supplements and all this is um, tamed towards his body type and the issues that are going on in his body. Um, a lot of people, if you look up autism, you'll see the leaky gut. Um, a lot of people talk about the leaky gut and how that is linked to so many um, mood and um, mood disorders and um, ADHD, you know, all these different things It you know, starts in your gut. So pretty much they tested his blood, his urine, fecal and hair. They did this, you know, broad layout. Pretty much I got to see my son on paper, the data that they presented. I was like, that's Caden. And based off of that, they gave us the right supplements that can naturally cure his stomach and naturally do some things um, to get him on track and prepare him for the actual chelation, which is just IVs that in simple terms, I can say it trains his body to naturally get rid of the metals out of his body. Like you and I, we normally can get rid of metals if it's in the environment, if it's in our food, like we naturally can get rid of that stuff on our own. Kids for autism, they're not able to do that. It stays stuck in their fat of their brain and in their tummies. And so they're constantly stimming and have all these behaviors because their body's just trying to regulate all that metal that they can't get out. And simple terms. Yeah. So is it is it a process then that will he will forever be having to do, or is it something that he'll have to come back to here and there, or you just don't know yet? Um, well, they estimate it will be about a year or two year process as far as doing the chelation. Um, I do not believe that it's going to take longer than that. It's not an ongoing thing where he has to um, do chelation forever. 
kind of what it does, it removes the metals out of his body. But while you're doing that, it's not like he's magically going to know how to talk and do all that. He has to be in therapies like he is, speech and OT, to mm -hmm. consistently build those muscles. And we have to continue to read to him just like we would with Jeremiah, my seven month old, you know, um, kind of impregnate that language right. and those skills that he needs and gradually building those muscles, he'll be able to do it on his own. Interesting. And yeah. when you went there, and I, I'm sure and hope and pray that it, it you know, it, it does wonders for him. Um, uh, when you went, did, did they say this doesn't work for everybody or what were their thoughts on that? Definitely have had that conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, and no, that, that wasn't their response. And, okay. we went in there and but it's funny because we were very transparent when we went in there, we were like, Hey, when we had the consultation with the doctor, um, we said, Hey, uh, we did some research and we want to know why does chelation get such a bad rep, you know? And she went in and gave us a very, um, in-depth conversation. And I was like, okay, you know, an explanation discussion. And we, talked about some things, um, but we are not even going into the space of, is this going to work or not work? Mm -hmm. It's going to work it. according to, you know, we just have to stay in that space. If not, cause I've, I've dibbled and I've dabbed there because I, I am human. I'm like, wait a minute, all of this money, <laughs> right, is this right. really gonna, but then, you know, the Holy spirit checks me. It's like, mm -mm, no ma'am, you're not the healer. I am. You just keep pushing, you know? And so yeah. I'm telling you, um, I have testimony after testimony, even just, I can talk mental health all day. Um, I've just found that he has guided me through so many things. And so I've prayed so long for this and with strategic direction and instruction, I just believe we're close. Good. We're close. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, well, let's, uh, it's justjoe.com, right? www.justjoe.com? It's www.justjoeblog.com. Those of us living with people suffering from a mental illness have a lot to deal with too. They're not the only ones hurting. We hurt with them. Having a supportive community is so important to your health. Would love to hear your story too. Email, of course they make me crazy, at gmail.com.